0: Welcome to another session of the Abundant Woman virtual event. I am so thrilled that you're here. Today, I'm here with my friend, Michelle. Michelle is a wife and a mama to three beautiful girls from Los Angeles, California. She is the host of a podcast for Christian entrepreneurs called Growth Against the Grain. Michelle is passionate about entrepreneurs who desire to honor the Lord in marriage and business and everything in between. So today, friends, we are going to be talking about marriage and entrepreneurship. And I'm so excited. Thank you, Michelle, for being here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ah, oh, Sam, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. It's my first like so virtual fun, right? conference. Yes. <laughs> I love when people say that. Yes. You heard it here first. I'm just kidding. All um, right. <laughs> so, friends, let's, we're just going to jump right in. I want to know you have some things for us, but can you share maybe a piece of your story to how you've
1: gotten here first? Oh, absolutely. So, gosh, where to begin? It was a cold (laughs) Wednesday morning. No. Um you know I love business. I love entrepreneurs. I am like third generation entrepreneur. My dad's dad was a barber. My dad's been a, like everything in between mainly in real estate and so I just have always been fascinated by that. I'm kind of like a serial entrepreneur. I've done multiple different things and landed really in the network marketing space because as Christian women what is it that we want? We want to be available to our kids and our husband and then bring in a little extra money and Hello, if you live in Southern California or anywhere, but really on the West Coast, it's darn expensive. So bringing in a little extra is good. And so I've loved it. But over the last year or so, the Lord has like completely emptied off my plate. He's like, nope, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. And he's... Opened my eyes to some areas where I had things very cattywampus, like completely flipped upside down. And as you and I were talking before we got started here, just how easy it is to listen to the world, like, oh, business, like you need to like go hard and do all those things. And I really don't have any problem with any of that. Where I have the problem for myself, and I think it resonates with a lot of people, is we look at Proverbs thirty-one and we see this woman who is so industrious, and I call her kind of like this this gateway to Christian feminism, like she does all of this stuff and she's, she's great. And her husband blesses her. But what we forget is verse 30 that says, charm is deceptive and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And this light bulb went on. I kid you not last year at 49 years old, I was like, Oh, fearing the Lord is the key to all of that. The reason she does all of that. And it was this like, oh my goodness, I've had everything so flipped upside down. Like I'm selling the the property. I'm selling the stuff. I'm doing all these things. And why are things so at odds? And I realized, oh, well, when you have your priorities messed up, things aren't going to run smoothly. So wait, I get those things in order. And it led yeah. me on this path of kind of awakening to, I've really pushed my husband, not even at number two, but he's kind of like number 12 on the list. And that's not honoring to the Lord when your business and your children and, and I get it. Your kids are cute. Like they're easy. Mine are older now they're 2013, 2017 and 13. But when you've got these little ones, like they're cute and they forgive you. And your husband kind of is like, um, I get it. But it, it has led me on this path of the Lord being like, no, you need to have these things in priority. And um, so yeah. kind of led led me to this. I love
0: it. Yeah, so good. Uh, it's so easy to fall into the, any of those traps that you mentioned too, where I feel like what I'm super thankful to have this conversation though, because we were talking about a little bit earlier too. We have so much of the world's opinion and what our mm-hmm. marriage should look like or shouldn't look like, yeah. what we should allow and shouldn't allow. And the Bible's very clear on it. And so... Thank you for bringing us to this point, but let's dig in. Let's—we're going to talk about seven ways to cultivate a
1: thriving marriage. Yes, and it cracks me up that I chose that word "cultivate," and I—I I did it deliberately. Mm. I can't grow a darn thing, like zero. Um, <laughs> yes, I have had a slight amount of success with a flower that I bought from Trader Joe's, and I keep putting water in it. It's—I guess—just water is magical. Is that what happens? Um, yeah. And- I mean, I don't know. I I, maybe I should start a a gardening podcast now because I've successfully sort of grown one thing. But the word "cultivate," I'm a huge fan of looking words up, even those things that we think we know. Like, I I just am constantly like, "What does steadfast mean?" Like, I I grew up in the church. The Bible has always been in my life. From the day I was born, Mm -hmm. by the grace of God, he gave me God-fearing Christian parents. But the downside of that is we take these things As just kind of like white noise, like steadfast. Okay. Cultivate. Yeah, whatever. And so I've really gotten in the habit lately of just looking these words up. So the word cultivate, cultivate means to foster the growth of, and I thought, gosh, am I really fostering the growth of my marriage? So a little backstory about nine years ago, my husband and I were actually headed towards divorce. And things were not good. We've been married. We just celebrated in June, 26 years of marriage. And that is like, by the grace of God alone. And so I understand it. Like marriage is hard. And for some people it's not like, that's not their struggle. Maybe it's parenting and whatnot, but I feel like when you live day in and day out with somebody, like you just rub each other and it, it can become really hard. And so it got to the point where I was not trying to cultivate a God honoring marriage because it was difficult. And so I could cultivate a thriving business. I could cultivate a relationship with my kids because that was easy. It gave me, you know, so we are really called. And like you said, the Bible is so clear and so simple. I am the queen of overcomplicating things. Like if I can make it more like, sure but the lord's like no actually it's really simple (laughs) like follow me and i will take care of you you're like oh that's cool actually let me throw a few landmines in there um but you know we want we want marriages that flourish and thrive and i don't know about you but i have prayed like lord use me as a vessel for you in the podcast and whatever it is like use me as a vessel and it hit me like why am i not praying the same thing for my marriage use our marriage Mm. as a vessel for you and I say that and all of a sudden it was like this light bulb moment i'm like why is that a light bulb moment like that should be obvious we are partnered together to bring honor and glory to the lord right so um the lord has humbled me in a lot of different ways and i just see how we see over and over again in the Bible, the Lord using this parallel of marriage, like he is our bridegroom, right? We are the bride. He is, he is the bridegroom, the Christ, you know, Christ, um, and the church. And it's such a beautiful picture and it's not on accident. There's nothing in the Bible that is accidental. Even every article, you know, the way, the truth, the life, it's Mm -hmm. not a way, a truth, a life, you know, whatever it's, very specific. And so when we see in in Isaiah 62, where he says, you shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God, You shall no more be termed forsaken and your land shall no more be termed desolate, but you shall be called my delight is in her and your land married for the Lord delights in you and your land shall be married for as a young man marries a young woman. So shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Like, how beautiful is that? And yes, it's a picture of our God, but also at the same token, like, it's this picture of a beautiful marriage. And we know it can't be perfect because I don't know about you, but my marriage is comprised of two wretched sinners. And (laughs) it makes it really tough. And I would love to point the finger at my husband, but. God made this girl here with like a sassy tongue that is sharp and it gets me into so much trouble, which cracks me up that here I do is talk, you know, on a podcast. And I'm like, okay, Lord, (laughs) use this tongue that is fire and wicked and evil to honor you. And he, he speaks through me. And that's what we were praying even before we got on here. Like, Holy Spirit, just use our words. So it came to me like, okay, what are some ways that we can cultivate a thriving marriage? And to be perfectly honest, it's usually because I've done the opposite or haven't done these things. <laughs> yes. Um, right, exactly. Like I'm like the, what not to do. And so I I had just done a four part series on, um, your, your marriage, your husband and your business. And the last episode, I had a lot of people asking me like, you know, what does it mean to uh, prefer your husband basically? And I was getting stuck and I was like, Oh, actually I can tell you how I haven't preferred my husband. I'm going to tell you nine ways that I haven't. So you guys can go listen to that one, but it's a, I'm like, I'm not perfect. I I I make I do things wrong all the time. But here are just some things that I felt the Lord putting on my heart um, and ways in which that we can cultivate a thriving marriage. And the first one is to intentionally pray for your husband. You know, I, I, intentionality. And I don't know about you, but my prayers can be pretty lame. Lord, help me to, or Lord, please do that. Do that. And you know, Ephesians 6:12 is so clear that our battle is not actually against our husband, even though it seems like it at some times, Satan, I, I actually hate calling him the enemy because I feel like it's too nice. Like he is Satan, he is wicked, he is wretched, and he is out to destroy us. And that is what our battle is against. And he wants us yeah. to be at odds with our husband because that plays into him. And I remember my pastor years ago saying, he is patient. Satan is patient. He will sit around for 5, 10, 20, 30 years to bring about the destruction that he wants. And we just have to allow that foothold. And by not preferring our husbands and not prioritizing them and not prioritizing our relationship with Christ, that's one of those ways. So intentionally praying for your husband. I don't know if you've read um, any of Jody Burt's books. They're praying the scriptures for, and her newest one is praying the scriptures for mm -hmm. your marriage. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. But if you struggle, like I have, and be like, Lord, help my husband too, blah, blah, blah. It's straight scripture, but we need to be intentionally praying for our husbands. And then the second thing is just pray together. And if your husband is not saved, then that's going to be a difficult thing. But if your husband is, find that time and Sometimes I feel like this is where I like to overcomplicate things. Like, I don't have 30 minutes to sit down and pray, which we probably do, but it really doesn't have to be that long. Like sit down grab him before he goes to work and just be like, Hey, can we just pray for our day today? Like two seconds. And there's power yeah. in in prayer, right? Like we want to be covering our families, our husbands, our marriages with prayer. And as we were saying before, like if you live on this world and you love Jesus, you've got a target on your back. If you're married, that target got bigger. If you've got kids, that target got even bigger. If you've got a business, like Satan, you are prime for the picking and we have got to cover everything we do. We've got to put that armor on daily And one of those ways is praying. Um, number three, and this seems obvious to cultivate a thriving marriage is to spend time together. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I like to point out the obvious. But when you have kids, like how hard is it to spend time with your spouse? Like it's so it, hard. You have yeah. all the things. <laughs> yes. And we do it to ourselves, right? Like we commit yeah. to all of these things. And I don't know about you in our area here. it seems like, You know, you're pregnant with a child and they're like, oh, did you sign them up for Little League yet? Did you sign them up for this? Oh my gosh, yes. It's insane. And you, there's nothing wrong with any of those things, but what I've seen, and I'm sure it happens everywhere, but because I live in Los, Los Angeles, that's like, you know, bigger, better, do all the things. We see these families running in multiple directions and you have four kids. I have three kids. There's two parents, which makes it even yeah. harder, right? I mean, there was one time I remember having like a spreadsheet of who needed to be where and what's going <laughs> on. And so what what relationship suffers the most? You and your spouse. Mm-hmm. Because the kids have to get to fill in the blank. And you're like, oh. But the thing is, it doesn't even have to cost money. Like, what if you just, you know, I don't know, went for a drive? Um, you know, little, little ways. And I love, uh, there's so many different verses, but, um, Ecclesiastes 9, 9 says, enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. And we're at this stage in life where my oldest is 20 and she's going to get married eventually. And, you know, all three of them will, and it's going to be back to the two of us. And at the beginning, the two was really fun, right? You remember making meals for you and your husband or like even dating and and anticipating that. And when you get to the other side of it, I'm like, I don't want to be like, oh, great. Like, I want to enjoy my husband because that's who God made for me. You know, we hear so much about this, like soulmate, whoever you're married to is exactly who God designed you to be married to. This is your soulmate. And, uh, he's not perfect. And I want to make sure that there's a caveat here. Like if you are struggling in your marriage and there are things that are not normal and not, go- not right. You need to seek counseling. You need to seek somebody who is going to turn you to Christ and, and help with that situation. But I do believe that most Absolutely. of our husbands want the best for us and, you know, spend time with them. They're really interesting. At least he was at one time, right? You married him. so (laughs) That's why we married him. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Um, So number four kind of goes along with this. An easy, inexpensive way is to go for a walk. Get outside in nature. I don't know the science behind it, but there is a lot of (laughs) science that goes into, like, when we get outside, I can remember specifically one time my husband and I going for a walk and we were not, we were kind of at odds with each other. We didn't talk necessarily on the walk, but it was a really sweet time. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, there's something about walking. You're not looking at each other. You're outside. It facilitates conversation in a different way. And you just can work through things. And then you're outside. Like, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's you know, if you live in Southern California, you might want to go before 10 a.m. because we're getting to the point where our temperatures rival, you know, hell. But, um, you know, anywhere else. Yeah. Not a joke. Not a joke. But it gives you that time. It's free. You get to talk to one another, spend time together. Um, you know, it, it's it could be a little getaway. Um, there's definite health benefits. It's time to be together. It's, it's an opportunity to, to get out from the norm, you know, like to see your spouse in a different way and see things through different eyes. And there is real, something really good about walking, like moving your body. Um, and then you get to see God's creation, right? Yes. Which is the best. I feel like
0: so many times I've assumed that we've just we've seen each other like he'll come home from work we wake up together whatever but you're not like there's a difference between being next to someone we eat dinner whatever right yeah but there have definitely been days where it's been so busy and I've seen him and we've had small chat but like I haven't seen him and been with him and had time with him right like it's easy to be like well of course I see my husband every day of course we spend time together but is it actually time or is it just like time in the passing, which yeah. has been a Check lot the of the time in the passing. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yes. Said hi. Yeah, but, yeah. And, and I think Satan uses life mm-hmm. to just dis- to distract really. I mean, he, he absolutely does, but it, we just allow these things to get in the way. And as you're like, in the moment of training and, and doing all of these things with your kid, your husband tends to just get, and vice versa, like he's busy at work and he's doing these things and he's tired and he gets home. And the last time he probably, last thing he probably wants to do is have like a deep conversation. And that's also part of it is like knowing your spouse, like when is the best time to have a conversation? When is the, you know, whatever, but, but yeah, have we actually spent time together? Um Mm-hmm. I, I I so admire those people who have prioritized their marriage to the point that they have a weekly date night or a monthly date night, and that is just non negotiable. And unfortunately, yeah. it's not something that we ever really did on a regular basis. Um, but when we do, and it gets easier and easier as our kids get older, uh, yeah, but when we do it so good. It's really good. So. Um, That leads me to number five, take up a hobby. So one thing I would love to do is do dancing. As I anticipate that we have weddings coming up in the future, I'm like, I want to be able to dance really nicely, you know, like, I don't know. Plus there's something like, like I would love to do salsa dancing. I think there's something really sexy about that, like that Mm -hmm. brings you guys together too. Um, But again, it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, maybe you start golfing or you pickleball seems to be a big thing I don't know is it everywhere
0: <laughs> I everywhere feel like was though... in
1: California I don't know if it's here but yes okay everywhere I'm like I don't even know why would I want to play ball with a pickle like there I don't even are. understand that it's <laughs> yes your girl is <laughs> not athletic. here. yes no.
0: um, I don't know
1: like take a class at a community college like any of those things and and just Find something, it, it, try different things, like be intentional about it. Um, but I, am like, I want to do, I want to go dancing. And my husband's like, okay, but we still haven't done it. Whatever. It's fine. But he He's said, like, okay.
0: He said, yeah. okay.
1: Yeah. He's like, well, that sounds great. Um, number six. And I'm so guilty of this is set your phone down, put it away, mm. put it down, put it out of, out of the way. And, it, I feel like our distractions are so endless. What did I see something um, recently? And it was like we thought that uh, we thought that like no having more information was like a sign of intelligence, basically. And it's not. I feel like we know so mm-hmm. much more, but we're really stupider, and we're so much more distracted. I mean, how many times do you walk around and you see people like this? I'm like, you're gonna yeah. get hit by a car. You're gonna get. Mm -hmm. I looked on our couch the other day. Everybody is there. We're watching a movie, but everyone is like this.
0: Yeah. Girl, I saw someone driving with her phone right here, and I was like, I wish I had, like, a paintball machine to, like, paintball your car. (laughs) (laughs) But, yes, like, as if something on the screen is way more important than any other people this is okay, I'm totally but maybe it was team, Amazon yes.
1: Prime Day, and she had to get that deal. Like, I feel like that could be a caveat. <laughs> no, oh no, it's a caveat until
0: you hit my van, and then Hood Sam
1: comes out, yes. and then yes, <laughs> we got no, issues. no, no. I know, but like, set our phones aside, and I put mine yes. aside the other day, and my husband's like, "Oh, your phone's beeping," I'm like. I am, I am not being called in to do a heart transplant. Like I, it is not, I promise you, whatever it is, is not important. And sure enough, it was not, it was like your garage door opened. Like, see, I was good without knowing that information. I'm okay. It's fine. Um, you know, I did that with my kids
0: too, though, because I sat my phone on the counter and we, and I don't do this all the time. This is actually a hard one for me because I feel like mobile entrepreneurship puts an extra yeah. layer of fun to it. But i put my phone on the counter and we were doing puzzles on the floor again which doesn't happen all the time but my phone started ringing i don't love talking on the phone anyway so it's fine for me to be like no but they were like mom your phone's ringing i'm like i don't care i'm doing a puzzle and they're like don't you want to get it i'm like i don't i'm doing a puzzle Mm -hmm. but there's something from the kid's perspective that's like oh this time with me is actually more important than whatever's on the phone so same thing with your spouse like oh you actually want to have a conversation where your twitter isn't going
1: off or whatever yeah you know like yeah Absolutely, the messages it sends um, are things that I don't think we fully understand. Like, as a side note, mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a big, I love having my kids home. When summer comes, I am not like, oh my gosh, summer. We don't have big plans. We're not doing something every single day yeah. of the week. When school starts back up, I am not the mom that's like, oh, it's the happiest day of the year. And there's a lot of reasons what like for that. One, I actually love having my kids home. Two. I never realized the message it sent to me from my mom when she said those same things, when she was excited that we were home, when she was excited, when she was not happy that school was starting back up. Like there's joy in school. Like I love routine. I think it's great. There's good things that come from that. But the message that it sent me was that I was wanted. I was loved she said all those things. And, and I know these moms that are like, it's the happiest day of the, school, the year, you know, kids are going back to school. I know that they love their kids, but what's the subliminal message that we're sending our kids. Bye-bye. It's same with like the mommy wine culture. Like what message are you sending your kids? The only way I can endure is if I'm inebriated or if I'm consuming alcohol. Again, I don't have any problem with a glass of wine here or there, but what are the subliminal messages? Just like when we set our phones down and as Entrepreneurs as mobile digital entrepreneurs, it is mm-hmm. so much harder. I suffer from workaholicism because <laughs> yes, there's, right. There's this idea if if I'm working work and I put working in quotations because a lot of those times it becomes scrolling on Instagram that's actually not working. Um, you know, you think if I'm doing those things, then it will equate to dollars. Rarely does it rarely does Mm -hmm. that, And so we have to have parameters on it. My husband is a salaried employee. He goes to work, he comes home, it's done. Every so often he has a phone call Mm -hmm. afterwards, but that's rare. Why do I feel like I have to be tied to my phone all the time? I don't. And I think we have to go against this, this culture of the world that says more, 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 more. And actually it's okay. Less is more. I could talk on that one for mm-hmm. a very long time. Yes. <laughs> yep. Love that too. <laughs> so, so we'll move on to number seven, and um, I'm just going to come right out and say it: it is sex and intimacy. Um, I was raised in a time of abstinence, which I'm a huge fan of. I believe God's word is very clear that premarital sex is not in his plan. He works through that. If you have, uh, you know, if you mm-hmm. have done that, the Lord can redeem anything and everything and he will. But what happened for me out of that is this misunderstanding of sex and intimacy and it Uh, there is a connection, there's a physiological connection that happens when you and your spouse come together in an intimate way. And it can be in physical sex. It also can just be in that intimacy, which there are so many ways that that can happen. But if you really truly want to cultivate a thriving marriage, sex and intimacy are huge parts of it. And there is the Lord opened my eyes to a, a a podcast called Heaven in Your Home with um Francie Winslow, absolutely amazing, and she just talks breaks some of these things down as somebody like myself who was raised in the church and kind of was like, like we know sex happens behind the you know after marriage behind the bedroom doors like that's it, but like have you read Song of Solomon people like there's an entire I book know. talking. Like God put that in the Bible. PG. It is yes. not PG. It is not PG at all, which has to make you think, okay, there it's important. Like God mm-hmm. is, I love the Bible because it's so precious and sweet. The way he talks about things, uncomfortable things, he, you know, it, he, you know, Adam knew Eve, we know what that means. He didn't need to go into great detail, but there's an entire <laughs> book where Solomon or whoever was the writer where I think there's some question on some of those things, but we'll say Solomon. Um, he's very clear about his feelings mm-hmm. for his wife and what that looks like. And I just, what if we as Christian couples, and if your husband is not saved, that's okay. Because you can honor the Lord through your marriage and he can use your marriage mm-hmm. as a vessel. If you are intimately connected with your spouse, what would that look like to the world? We have a world that is disintegrating when it comes to marriage. I mean, yeah. we could go on a whole other extreme and level on this, but we know that God ordained marriage because he loves marriage. He loves that union. And he designed marriage to have an intimacy that you cannot get anywhere else. And so it, it, it's really, really, really important that we do that. And there have been times recently where my husband and I are at odds and we're like, you know what? Actually, we need to connect. I don't feel like having sex with you. Like, I don't want to do that. But actually, that's what we need to do. And really what I have battled with is using it as a bandaid and that's not how God designed it and seeing the sweetness that can come out when we actually are uniting in the way that God ordained our marriage to be. And the, the comfort that that brings to our kids too, knowing that your, your parents love each other You know, like that's such a valuable lesson. My oldest daughter has been dating a guy for um, just actually, it'll be three years and they're young. They're too young to get married. We want them to get out of college. But it's really fun to watch them and how excited they get seeing one another. And I think what happens in our marriages after, like you said, you know, we we go to bed together, we see, check, 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 like we do all of those things. But what about that time when, as I watched through my daughter's eyes and her boyfriend's eyes, how excited they get to see one another and to be one another? What if that's what our marriages looked like? That sweetness that was there. That'd be pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And just by changing the culture of our marriage would then change the culture of our home and our children. So doing this, like changing this is actually generational because our kids will know what God ordained marriage looks like, what God's plan for love looks like. Like they will then be taught not necessarily by words as much as by seeing it tangibly in person. Like they will get to experience that,
1: which is so cool. Yeah. Our kids learn so much more by what we do than what we say. We know that, you know, we, we learn that way too. Like someone says, I love you, but they're rude to you. You're like, "Mm." see first Mm -hmm. Corinthians is really clear. Love is not rude. So (laughs) I don't know (laughs) (laughs) about that one. Um, So we glean so much. And yeah, what, when I, again, when I say if, if our marriages could be a vessel for the Lord, like, and to honor the Lord through that, like, there is power that comes from that. And again, if you're in a relationship that is not healthy, that's not who we're talking to here. I'm not saying that right. you go, like, I want to be very clear. I'm talking about yes. a relationship that is healthy, not perfect, not perfect by any means, but is healthy. And we can go back to the that Proverbs 31 hu- husband who rises up and calls her blessed. The children rise up and call her blessed. He's known in the gates. It's because the priorities are Right. Which is hard because we're selfish. I don't know about you, but I'm one selfish creature. And you know, we have that whole if mom is happy, everybody's happy. It's not really biblical, but um like it. Not at all. But then also, so yes,
0: not speaking to the woman who is in any type of relationship that does not mirror what we're talking about. But then also if you're like, man, seven ways to cultivate. As you listen to this, you might already do some of these. Absolutely. You might be really good with your phone restrictions or you Mm -hmm. might already walk every night with your husband. Like that's so cool. And if you are listening, so then if you're that person, just pick a different one and and introduce it. And then for the rest of us who maybe are like, dang, I don't do any of these, then pick one, start with one. Like this isn't a Battle to be perfect. This isn't a uh a to-do list that's no. gonna make you holier. This is just simple, practical ways that Michelle's given us to take one. I'm gonna go on a walk, which I actually ironically have it in my calendar to walk with my family every night this week. Guess how many we've done? <laughs> Zero. I'm gonna go ahead and leave it in the calendar though, and just take that one and do it. But yep. but make it intentional. Be yeah. intentional, pick the one. Put in your calendar and then actually do it. Don't pull a Sam. But these changes are small ways that will lead up to a big way. the The goal of this is not to have a perfect relationship. No. To not have a perfect marriage because we are sinful creatures who who are redeemed by a loving God. And so it's to continue to look towards Christ and then each other and then our family. Like that is yeah. our priorities. Any yeah. other shape of that triangle is. Garbage.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> to put it nicely, it's junk. Okay, just Sorry. throw it away. That's not how it goes. Garbage. But, but what does Satan want us to do? He wants us to invert that triangle all day, every day, and mm-hmm. we are bombarded from left and right. Everything that we're seeing that is putting those priorities in the most cattywampus of ways, and and we're even seeing well-meaning people that we think are Christians that are affirming yeah. that. And it gets very confusing, but I would say you have to go back to God's word. This is where everything mm-hmm. I love resources, I love podcasts, I love all of those things. But the fact of the matter, there's really only one resource that you need, and it is God's word. And we need to be clothing ourselves in the armor, start at Ephesians 6 that talks about the armor that we need to be putting on the belt of salvation, the, uh, the, um, the belt of truth every single mm-hmm. day. Like, that's where we have to start. And there's anything that's contradicting that is not what you need to be listening to or watching. There's shows out there that seem really good, but I'm telling you, it's like a true false statement. If any part of it is false, it's all false. Yeah. That's word is true. A hundred percent true. Stay there. Yeah. I love
0: that. I love that. Uh, well, I'll just ask you to go ahead and I was going to ask you to encourage the women, but no, I know something else, but um, as we wrap up this time together, I do, I do want you to just encourage the women and give them a word. If there's a woman listening and I know there is, that is like, okay, I think I can do this. Just
1: push her over the edge with some encouragement. <laughs> oh, friend. well, I think what you said is really the best encouragement. Find one find one. I am such a like, Oh, there's seven. Okay. Well I should probably do all right now in the next five minutes. Let's do all of that. Everything. Um, and sure, but, um, (laughs) that might be counterintuitive. Um, find one. And remember you got to start with your relationship with Christ first, like start there. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. Like lay that all at his feet and trust him for whatever the outcome is going to be. And here's what I know. I am not type A, but goodness gracious, do I have like a lot of plans of how I feel I could really help the Lord out. And you know, like if, if it went like boom, 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 that would be really great. And the Lord's like, that's so cute. Actually, we're going to go to the so left cute. and we're going to do it this way. But if you say that you trust me, then you actually need to trust me. And the Lord loves our marriages. He loves us. He loves our children more than we ever, ever could. So we got to trust him.
0: Yep. Yes. I I forget that sometimes as a mom, (laughs) as a wife, like, oh yeah, you actually give me these kids and this partner uh, on earth, but they're actually yours. Like, thank you so much. And I feel like that changes our posture instead of being, closed fist, controlled, we're surrendering our relationships. What do you want for us here? What yeah. do you desire this marriage to look like? Yeah. Love it. Yes, always going to him first.
1: Absolutely. Thank you
0: so much, Michelle. But before we wrap up officially, I want you to share um, every person who's hearing the sound of my voice and watching this incredible video, uh, Michelle has gifted us with a awesome seven ways to cultivate a thriving marriage opt-in.
1: Can you, the
0: links are below friends. So click below, sign up. Tell us about that a little bit,
1: Michelle. So basically it's everything that we just talked about here. It just puts it, there's some scripture in there that I didn't share everything in there. Um, It just puts it in a, it's pretty. I'm a big fan of pretty. I love pretty, yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. it just puts it all right there for you um i i've i've felt the lord kind of taking me out of a lot of different things and really just doing what i do as a ministry and so i i just want it to be a resource that you can go back to because maybe you can't listen to this again for whatever reason but you can you know just look at something. I I feel like we learn in so many different ways. You and I were kind of talking before, like I've never been a big podcast listener. Um, I like to see things tangibly too. So it's that, you know, double duty of, of information. Um, And then there's, yeah, you can also find me on my podcast, which is actually kind of going through a rebrand right now. So if you uh, listen to this anytime after August 1st, things will look a little bit different. Um, I'll I'll just just share it with you right here. It's gonna be, it's me, Michelle Castro. Growth Against the Grain is going into, it's me, Michelle Castro, and really um, growing marriages and business against the grain of the world. So good, so good. So go find her, go listen
0: to the podcast, and go say hi on social media. Thanks again, Michelle, for this incredible
1: conversation. Thank you so much for having me. It was a joy.